Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 468 for the second half of April, 2018. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. As usual, we'll be starting with the forecast for the second half of April, or the period we're covering. We're then going to have some quick announcements and a listener chart, this time looking at uh, a lady whose chart is being impacted strongly by the Pluto-Mars conjunction we're having. So that's what we're looking at, and let's dive into the forecast. New energy for healing fires up as Chiron enters Aries. The second half of April also features Saturn and Pluto turning retrograde, an intense Scorpio full moon, and a potent Mars-Pluto conjunction. All this, plus four powerful aspect patterns, create tons of astrological opportunity. What's old as we come into the second half of April, a waxing moon, and Jupiter retrograde through July 10th. Let's now move on to our individual days of the forecast. On Tuesday, April 17th, Chiron enters Aries. The last time it happened was 50 years ago, in 1968. The U.S. and the world were in turmoil. Chiron's entry into Aries today once again finds our world in chaos. As before, the wounded healer has his work cut out for him. Chiron will stay in Aries through September 25th of 2018, when it retrogrades into Pisces for a five-month farewell tour. Once Chiron re-enters Aries on February 18 of 2019, He'll stay in the sign of the ram for over seven years until mid-2026. Chiron's fundamental meanings are wounding, healing, and mentoring. Aries' more challenging manifestations are war, violence, and aggression. Aries can also provoke selfishness, impulsiveness, and sexual abuse and misbehavior. Volatile Uranus has been in Aries for the last seven years, so there's been no shortage of these dark deeds. The handover between the two planets is virtually seamless. Uranus works its way into Taurus, just as Chiron eases into Aries. The Vietnam War wound down and ended the last time Chiron was in Aries. As happened then, if enough of us put our focus on healing instead of wounding, we can make great strides toward ending inappropriate sexual behavior, mass shootings, and other destructive Martian manifestations. Chiron and Aries can also combine to catalyze wonderful outcomes. Examples include going into business as a healer or mentor or expanding your current practice, bringing healing to the world through social activism, giving or receiving mentoring on life-enhancing assertiveness and or sexuality, lighting a fire under anything to do with healing and mentoring, energizing two of Chiron's less common meanings, shamanism and spiritual awakening. Also on Tuesday, April 17, another major event, Saturn turns retrograde at 9 degrees Capricorn and will retrace his steps for over four and a half months. He'll turn direct again on September 6, around 2.5 degrees Capricorn. 
Any planet turning retrograde invites reflection on its core meanings, as well as the meaning of the sign or signs it's traveling through. Our interpretive task is greatly simplified here, since Saturn and Capricorn mean the same thing. Challenging manifestations of this planet and sign can include workaholism, emotional coldness, and acting as if the ends justify the means. If you're having issues with any of these, Saturn's retrograde is an excellent time to reflect on possible solutions. Saturn's life-affirming qualities include maturity, responsibility, and good time management. Saturn also represents the wise elder and the ability to plan the work and work the plan. How would it make your life more wonderful to incorporate these qualities into your life? Planets are most powerful when they're changing directions. This is because they're holding their energy in a specific degree range for an unusually extended period. Check your chart for any sensitive points between 6 and 12 degrees in the cardinal signs Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Whatever these points represent, Saturn will challenge you in these areas if they require release or adjustment for your highest good. But he'll support their structure and help you create a stronger foundation if they're aligned with your life purpose. Finally, on Tuesday, April 17th, Financial opportunity, relationships, and creativity are strongly stimulated by two Venus aspects, a Venus-Jupiter opposition, that's Venus-21 Taurus-Jupiter-21 Scorpio, and a Venus-Pluto trine, Venus-21 Taurus-Pluto-21 Capricorn. These aspects are also part of a cradle aspect pattern that peaks tomorrow, and I'll be talking about that next. On Wednesday, April 18th, Financial opportunity, relationships, and creative expression receive flowing support from a cradle aspect pattern that includes Venus, Juno, Jupiter, and Pluto. This cradle incorporates the Jupiter-Pluto sextile that was exact on April 14th, by the way. This cradle started on April 11th, peaks today on the 18th, and ends on the 24th. Venus, Jupiter, and Pluto all have financial meanings. Venus represents money and is in Taurus, the sign of money and personal resources. Jupiter radiates abundance and good fortune and is in Scorpio, the sign of great wealth. Pluto also represents great wealth and is in Capricorn, the sign of accomplishment and productivity. Obviously, this is a fortuitous time to focus on wealth-enhancing opportunities. Relationships are given special emphasis by Juno, the cradle's fourth member. This asteroid goddess represents committed partnership. Venus is the natural ruler of relationships. Plus, both Pluto and Scorpio represent shared resources as well as the deepest levels of personal intimacy. How can you and your beloved connect more deeply? In terms of creative expression, Venus is the artist, and Juno is in Pisces, the sign of creative inspiration. The powerful stimulation these two planets receive from Jupiter and Pluto suggests wonderful opportunities for creative collaboration as well as profiting from your creative efforts. Also, on Wednesday, April 18th, it's a great time to let the world see the true you as the sun conjoins Uranus at 28 Aries, and be sure to watch for Uranus's intuitive flashes. On Thursday, April 19th, the sun enters Taurus today. For the next month, you're supported in putting more attention on money and material resources. Enjoy your five senses. Our physical bodies are capable of experiencing so much pleasure. Spend plenty of time in nature and stay the course when it serves the highest good. On Sunday, April 22nd, 
Pluto turns retrograde today at 21 Capricorn. He'll backpedal for over five months before turning direct again on September 30th at 19 Capricorn. This is a great time to reflect on how Pluto's core meanings are manifesting in your life. For starters, are you managing your shared resources harmoniously and effectively? Are your ducks in a row regarding insurance, taxes, and any inheritance-related matters? Pluto also deals with more intimate territory. When challenging emotions come up, do you have a quick and effective healing technique to clear them? In fact, here's one you can use. It's called the Healing Invocation. To get to it quickly, just go to astroshaman.com, and on the top of the homepage, uh, on the sidebar, there's a purple banner. It says Heal and Awaken Invocations. Click that. The second post you'll come to on the next page is a photo of a screaming man, and that covers my healing invocation. If you're on a phone, you may, you may need to scroll down a bit on the homepage to find that purple banner that says Heal and Awaken Invocations, but it will be there. Let's go on with how Pluto deals with intimate territory. Are you relating to those you're close to with deep honesty and vulnerability? Are your sexual connections only engaging the five senses, or are you experiencing the soul-blended ecstasy of sacred sex? Pluto's themes also include wealth and power. Of course, wealth can be measured in terms of money and possessions, but there can also be great value in intangibles. These can include life-affirming relationships, work aligned with your life purpose, and a blissful, consistent connection with your higher self. How do you measure wealth in your life? Power is one of Pluto's most important themes. Are you focused on service to self-power? This is based on domination, control, and manipulation to look out for number one and satisfy your selfish desires. Or do you take more pleasure in service to other power? In this path, you joyfully open to your intuitive guidance and do your best to follow its suggestions. In my experience, this approach delivers vastly more power and directs it far more skillfully and the ecstasy is off the charts. As I noted when discussing Saturn turning retrograde, planets are most powerful when changing directions. With Pluto, check your chart for any sensitive points between 18 and 24 degrees in the cardinal signs. Once again, those are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Whatever those points represent, Pluto will catalyze you to release or transform them if they're not in alignment with your optimal soul path. But Pluto will bless you with those wonderful gifts of wealth and power if you're on track. Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience, offers you free weekly events via phone or web to help you eliminate suffering, enjoy more harmony, grace, and flow, replace mental chatter with intuitive knowing, stop challenging emotions, live each day in a peaceful, awakened state, support the global spiritual awakening, and much more. The online recording library, over 130 MP3s and counting, lets you experience the life-transforming power of ease anytime. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com, go to services, ease will be the third service down, and remember, it's free. Also, on Sunday, April 22nd, you can enjoy a magical flow of creative inspiration with Venus Quintal Neptune, Venus 28 Taurus, Neptune 16 Pisces. You can also open to fresh ideas regarding your relationships and finances. On Tuesday, April 24th, have that list of projects ready. Chances are you'll have plenty of energy to get them done with Mars sextile Jupiter. Mars, 20 Capricorn, Jupiter, 20 Scorpio. 
In addition to enhanced productivity, this aspect can also boost your juju as an entrepreneur, lover, and warrior. Also, on Tuesday, April 24th, healing relationship issues through constructive dialogue is harmoniously and energetically supported by a Venus-Chiron sextile. Venus, zero Gemini, Chiron, zero Aries. This aspect can also help you heal any issues around creative expression or finances. On Thursday, April 26th, what happens when the two planets who rule sexuality come together? A Mars-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn, at 21 Capricorn, isn't just a libido booster. It also encourages you to take a practical, systematic approach to addressing any sexual issues or to simply enhancing your pleasure. Mars and Pluto are a potent pairing, and caution is advised. Be sure that all sexual activity is consensual and mutually rewarding. Do not inappropriately throw your weight around or fly into a rage. As I noted in my April 22nd Pluto retrograde interpretation, Pluto's service to other expression can be far more rewarding than its darker service to self path. Steer clear of those who are prone to anger or violence. If you do get caught up in some kind of power struggle, remember that you have plenty of divine allies you can call on for help, and that's covered in my post on astroshaman.com at the moment. It's in the What's New section of the homepage. It's, um, I think, clearing part two, and it references divine allies in the title. Life-affirming possibilities of this Mars-Pluto conjunction include tremendous empowerment of your abilities as an entrepreneur, warrior, leader, and lover. This is a powerhouse combination active through May 18th. Use it wisely. Also, on Thursday, April 26th, what's your ideal vision of your feminine assertiveness? A Neptune Pallas Athena square, Neptune 16 Pisces, Pallas 16 Gemini, can help you visualize that clearly so your divine allies can support it. On Friday, April 27th, Now that Jupiter and Pluto are done supporting the cradle that ended on April 24th, they're firing up another aspect pattern, a yod with Pallas Athena, Jupiter, and Pluto. It starts today on April 27th, peaks on May 1st, and ends on May 5th. This finger of God gives you a potent opportunity to more fully embody your feminine assertiveness. Adjustments will be required. Which ones are you willing to make? This yacht can also help you hone your strategic thinking and practical creativity. Pallas Athena is in Gemini. This suggests that you educate yourself further in these areas if necessary, or you may be called on to enlighten others in these matters. Also, on Friday, April 27th, we also have another yacht beginning today. This one contains Venus, Ceres, and Saturn. Making the right adjustments here can help you carry forward the financial opportunity theme of the cradle aspect pattern we had earlier this month. Venus in Gemini suggests rethinking your approach to money. Ceres in Leo invites you to take a bolder approach to manifesting abundance. This yod's focal planet is Saturn in Capricorn. Both the planet and sign thrive on accomplishment and concrete manifestation. On Sunday, April 29th, April's full moon lights up the sky at 8.58 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at 9 degrees, 38 minutes, Scorpio. Any Scorpio full moon is great for release and adjustment in these areas. Insurance, taxes, and inheritances, shadow work, personal transformation, deeply intimate relating, sex and sacred sexuality, occult practices, research, and investigation. 
aspects. The luminaries form a tight grand cross with the lunar nodes and Ceres. Ceres is central to this interpretation and can represent either abundance or sorrow. This suggests that facing your inner demons, any unhealed psychological or emotional wounds, can be the key to unlocking enhanced prosperity. This interpretation is also supported by the moon's placement in Scorpio, the sign of psychology, shadow work, and wealth. The luminary's placement at the bending of the nodes suggests turning a corner to come into better alignment with your life purpose. We all want more energy to fulfill our life missions, and we'll have a lot more energy if we're not staggering under the weight of a hundred-pound pack stuffed with unresolved traumas. Another member of this grand cross, but just barely, is Jupiter. Even though he's hardly within orb, it's comforting to know that we can call on his optimism, enthusiasm, and auspiciousness. The only significant full moon aspect not in this grand cross is a tight sextile from Capricornian Saturn. This is a flowing, energizing aspect, which gives foundational support to all your full moon intentions. This full moon's Sabian symbol is a fellowship supper reunites old comrades. For some, this might conjure up an image of gray-haired war buddies shooting the breeze. But this symbol puts me in mind of more celestial allies, the divine helpers on call 24-7, whom I mentioned earlier. And again, on the homepage of astroshaman.com, there's a link to um, Cleansing and Purifying Part 2, Divine Allies, or some, some similar headline to that. There's a, a strong picture of St. Germain as the image. And uh, that will get into more on this. You also have many helpers in human bodies waiting to assist you. These are embodied members of your soul tribe, as described in Michael Newton's amazing book, Journey of Souls, Case Studies of Life Between Lives. When is that fellowship supper? Whenever you ring the dinner bell. Also, on Sunday, April 29th, the theme of abundance pops up one last time in April, thanks to a T-square with the Sun, Ceres, and Jupiter. That starts today on April 29th, peaks on May 9th, and ends on May 15th. All three planets contribute to the financial theme. The sun is in Taurus, the sign of money. Ceres is the grain goddess associated with the harvest. And Jupiter is ancient astrology's great benefic, bringer of good fortune, in Scorpio, the sign of great wealth. A T-squares, two squares, and one opposition are all hard aspects, so you may encounter some challenge on your way to enhanced prosperity. But hard aspects are also the best for getting things rolling. The sooner you take action to upsize your bank account, the sooner your money can start multiplying. Also, on Sunday, April 29th, want to bring healing into your important relationships? You could hardly ask for a more supportive transit than a Chiron-Juno conjunction at one degree Aries. This merging of the planets of healing and committed partnership is tailor-made for working through your issues. Marshall Rosenberg's book, Nonviolent Communication, provides excellent tools to help make this process fair, harmonious, and effective. Whatever your sun sign, these forecasts can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone is affected by these global transits, but you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me at astroshaman.com. Just check out the services menu item. 
On our next podcast for the first half of May, we'll be talking about Uranus entering Taurus. That's a huge one. That's one of the biggest events of the year by far. We'll also look at a new moon in Taurus, big Taurus theme. We'll also have four new aspect patterns to discuss, a new cradle, a double yod key, and a couple of Thor's hammers. So a lot of juicy stuff for the first half of May. As always, tune in, and I'll be here to give you the best use of these astrological energies. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with AstroShaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Max running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. I have some exciting announcements. I'm offering a flash sale for the rest of April. Instead of my usual fee of $180 an hour, all Astrology Plus sessions booked for the rest of April will bill at just $111 an hour. You save almost 40%. Lock in your savings, go to astroshaman.com, and use a Book Now button to schedule your April session now. The feedback on our first shamanic breakthrough experience was overwhelmingly positive, so we're doing it again on Saturday, May 5th, this time as a virtual event you can do live from anywhere. Breakthrough to a new level of happiness, ease, and spiritual awakening with the virtual shamanic breakthrough experience. Life-changing shamanic modalities will help you heal grief, fear, anger, and anxiety, or any other challenging energy that's blocking you. Be ready to stride forth into the world as a new and better you, stronger and more decisive, bursting with clarity, flow, and joy. Again, that's Saturday, May 5th, uh, noon to 5 Eastern, 9 to 2 Pacific, or making the appropriate time adjustment for wherever you live. Makisla and I will guide you and your co-journeyers in potent shamanic modalities during this intensive day of change. We're going to do, for starters, shamanic breathwork, supported by focused breathing and powerful music. You'll experience a natural altered state and spontaneous shamanic journeying. This can release old wounds, challenging emotions, and dysfunctional patterns, resulting in greater health and wholeness. You'll be able to download the included breathwork music mix, an $80 value all by itself, and play it through your own sound system during the group process for optimal audio fidelity. Alternatively, you can experience the breathwork music via live stream or hear it on the live call. We'll also do a shamanic awakening ceremony. This powerful experience will open you to healing on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, then guide you into a euphoric state of embodied awakening. Makisla and I will sing, drum, and rattle to empower your experience. You need only relax and let the good juju transform you. And Makisla and I will amplify the transformative power of your shamanic breakthrough experience by consuming this extraordinary plant medicine called Singa, will transmit the energy of the medicine to you in the inner planes via these surrogate raises. 
Your investment in yourself is only $33. We may fill all available spaces quickly at this super low price, so reserve your spot now. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. You can find this in the What's New section on the homepage of astroshaman.com. As always, if you're in the Asheville area, we do a Shamanic Awakening meetup on the third Tuesday. You can learn more about that in the Practical Spirituality section of astroshaman.com. And that's all the announcements. Our Part 1 listener chart features Diana. This is the Diana born June 4, 1956, 10.47 p.m. in Lynn, Massachusetts. Lynn is spelled L-Y-N-N. And I picked Diana's chart because I was looking for someone who had juicy stuff somewhere around 21 Capricorn or the uh, 21 Cardinals anywhere near that because we're having a Pluto-Mars conjunction here in the second half of April. And that seemed like a really juicy thing to interpret for a part one listener chart. As it turns out, Diane has her ascendant at 21 Capricorn and her Juno right there with it at 21 Capricorn. Uh, obviously, that means her descendant is right across from it at 21 Cancer, and her moon is at 24 Aries, being squared by Pluto and Mars. Her moon also happens to be her seventh house ruler. So it's a pretty juicy setup, and I thought it would be fun to interpret. And this will be hopefully helpful for you, Diana, and you listeners hopefully will learn something about how to interpret transits. So for starters, let's go to the natal chart And as always, sometimes I'll be addressing you, the listener. Sometimes, Diana, I'll be directly addressing you. Uh, The ascendant of anybody's chart is considered the mask or persona of the personality. It's the mask you cannot take off. And it's the first impression people get about you. Often the ascendant creates a stronger first impression than the sun or moon does. So with Capricorn rising, Diana, um, you have the ability to project the wise elder, Um, especially now that you are uh, closer to the age of a wise elder. But even uh, Capricorn rising people that said that they they seem old when they're young and they seem young when they're old kind of makes you a little bit more ageless. But you can definitely project that image of authority. You know what you're doing. People often turn to you as an authority. Uh, That sort of thing can be common with Capricorn rising. Also lets you go out into the world and be very productive and get a lot done. Uh, The fact that Juno, the asteroid goddess, is right there, just two minutes off conjunction to the Ascendant, that's one-thirtieth of a degree, super tight. Juno, of course, is committed partnership, so that means that as you go out into the world, um, that you might be looking for those people you can really partner with deeply and meaningfully. It could be a romantic partner, could be something other. Um, In fact, your chart, uh, what's being stimulated, is massively strong around relational emphasis. There's a triple emphasis with this uh, transit around this. And because not only Juno and the Descendant and the Seventh House Ruler are all being lit up by transiting Pluto and Mars. But Juno rising just says um, when people first meet you, they may feel the vibe, wow, is this someone I want to go deep with, connect with more deeply? And you might also be on the lookout for those deep, significant, longer-term connections that will help you in life of whatever kind. Um, So that's the Ascendant with Juno in Capricorn. Uh, One other flavor that we might get with a Juno in Capricorn is the sense of I'm really not interested in frivolous committed partnerships. If if I'm going to commit with someone, we're going to get some stuff done. That could be a strong vibe as well. So the descendant with cancer, um, 
interpreting that just at a very basic level says um, one thing you need in your relationships is someone who's got a, a really open heart. Cancer is love, nurturing what a mother does for the baby. So the first criterion I would say if you're going to really have a meaningful connection with someone is, is there a really easy and strong heart connection. Uh, your natal moon is in Aries. Again, this is being squared by Pluto and Mars by transit. And the moon, of course, is your emotions. Uh, it's an, an Aries moon can be very fiery and passionate. So um, you're wired to have strong, fiery emotions of whatever kind, joyful or intense in whatever way they show up. Um, the moon is also in your third house, in my porphyry house system. And third house is communication. This says uh, what the moon describes often, what makes you happy. So um, passionate about learning, passionate about communicating things are things that would you know initially arise in that interpretation since the moon rules your relationship house, the seventh. Uh, with cancer on the seventh house cusp, we would say... Um, you enjoy relationships that are passionate and fiery where there's good communication, and that would be one quality of relationships. I'm not going to get into a full relational interpretation for you here, but uh, those are a few of the qualities that are suggested there. So that's just a, a basic sense of the natal setup with the ascendant, descendant, Juno, and Moon all being lit up by transiting Pluto and Mars. Now, as we move over to consider the actual transiting planets what we need to think of is which one's more important. Pluto by far is most important. When you look at transiting, I, I divide into two categories. I've got the stage setters and I've got the triggers. Uh, for all practical purposes, stage setters would be Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, and Chiron. Um, these days, Neptune and, uh, forgive me, Chiron and Uranus are hanging out for usually a year and a half to two years when they hit something. Uh, Pluto and Neptune are lasting about four years from initial coming into orb to finally leaving orb. So in my experience, if there's going to be a really significant life event, you need one of those four stage setters making a significant aspect, usually quadrature, conjunction, square, or opposition to the natal point. And Pluto on the ascendant <laughs> definitely counts for sure. And all of the contacts it's making are, are critical there. Um, so once you've got a stage setter in place, then you look for the trigger planets. And the slower, the better. Uh, so the most powerful trigger planet would be Saturn. And next in line would be Jupiter. And then you'd go on to the personal planets. Um, again, the slower, the better. So Mars as a trigger planet um, is, uh, is pretty juicy. Uh, definitely a more potent trigger than any of the other personal planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, or Venus. Um, and as I said in the forecast, Pluto and Mars together are an especially potent combination because they're very powerful, very intense, uh, a lot of sexual energy, a lot of energy around, you know, power and accomplishment and making things happen. So let's now uh, bring Pluto and Mars into the interpretation specifically for your chart, Diana. So, so here we have them on the ascendant, the beginning of house number one, the beginning of the journey. So broadly speaking, anything you want to get started, uh, any new initiative whatsoever is supercharged on April 26th as Pluto and Mars are both conjunct on your ascendant. Now, of course, you've got years um, with Pluto there to get new stuff started, but this is one of those trigger times when Mars comes along and says, okay, right now for the next couple of weeks after April 26th, we got serious juju for you here.
So uh, it's an especially good time here, uh, last week of April, first week of May, roughly, to really fire up those new beginnings in a really, in a really ju juicy way. Um, now, this could be in a new beginning. Let's think also of first house meanings. If we're on the ascendant, it relates to first house. This is your physical body. It's um, So Pluto is about transformation. Uh, what kind of changes do you want to make in your body? Do you want to gain or lose weight? Uh, do you want to modify how you dress, how you behave typically when you're out in public? Um, any cosmetic shifts you want to make? Those are all very strongly supported with Pluto and Mars there on the Ascendant. Um, so those are some initial things we might think of. Also, let's say you want to go out to the world and be an agent of transformation. Boy, a Pluto-Mars transit is ideal for that. And of course, the Ascendant is where you meet the world. My metaphor, it's like the prow of the ship moving through the water, point of first contact. So Diana, if you're wanting to go out and make a change in the world, you know, broadly speaking with Pluto there, you got a couple of years for that with Mars there by transit. You've got, again, through the end of the first week of May to strongly go out there in terms of a particular timing moment. There will be many other triggers, you know, come and go while Pluto is still around the Ascendant. But this is one that is uh, particularly timely right now. So um, let's look also at the fact that every other point, there's four points being aspected here, again, Ascendant, Descendant, Juno, and Moon. Everything except the Ascendant carries a relational meaning. So this is obviously the big theme. It's repeated three times. And therefore, you want to be really mindful of all the important people in your life of whatever description. This would include um, romantic partner, family, friends, business associates, open enemies, anyone who's important in your life for any reason. And you need to be looking very carefully which people would it be wise for me to release or, or minimize contact with who are toxic, negative, or otherwise not moving me in the direction I want to go in. Conversely, who's wonderful, awesome, who are my cheerleaders, who are helping me move into the kind of person I want to be, spend more time with those people. And um, there may be some in-betweeners where there's a relationship, well, there's some good, some bad, just uh, think for yourself, is it worth the time and energy it would take to try to heal that relationship? And very important, very importantly, is that person even willing to do it? It's hard enough to make a positive change in yourself when you're really motivated. In my experience and in reports from my clients, most people who are challenging for you who aren't especially motivated to change, the, the likelihood of that happening is pretty small. So in most cases, it ends up where you let the relationship go because that person is usually not willing to transform in a way that is going to really support the relationship. Now, there are times when it will, and if it is worth the effort, by all means, go for that. But my experience has been people are pretty well stuck like they are for the most part, unless they're really motivated for change. So this is a good time to be really you know, prepared for some shift around in the relational field. This could also be brand new people coming in. And with Pluto in the game too, Pluto is about power. And you want to be cautious to, um, if there's people in your life who are trying to dominate or control you, this is the time for you to step up, Diana, and really step into your own power. And I find that calling on the divine for that power is super helpful as opposed to just trying to muster it from your ego alone. You could just use an invocation, maximum power that serves highest good please, and relax and let that extra juju come in so you can handle yourself more potently in a situation. Um, as I've said before on the podcast, I'm not a big fan of power over others. I'm a big fan of uh, the divine power coming through you for service, as I talked about in the forecast. 
So that's the key relational themes. Um, we need to look at one additional thing here, Pluto square your moon, Diana. Uh, let's now look at the moon not as the seventh house ruler, but just as the moon with the core meanings of family and home and shadow work. So obviously family relationships would be affected along the lines I've already described possibly. Home, if there's a transformation of home needed, um, you know, that could that is a possible expression of this. Uh, moving or renovating or redecorating while Pluto is square the moon would certainly be supported if that's helpful to you. Um, but the thing that I find is very consistent when I get a Pluto moon contact, especially a hard one like this square, is shadow work. So chances are, Diana, for the next four years, roughly, you're going to have a lot of triggering of old unresolved emotions. Uh, anything that's an old wound that was never healed is probably going to get triggered while Pluto square your moon. So it's important to have a good shadow work tool. I gave one earlier in the forecast. I'll just remind you, it's my healing invocation. The seven words, maximum healing that serves highest good please, after which you rest passively and let the divine do the healing for you. The energy comes in and takes care of it on its own. And if you'd like more detail on that, as I mentioned earlier, go to astroshaman.com, find the purple banner at the top of the homepage sidebar, and click it. Uh, if you're on a phone, the banner will be down a bit, but you'll see it. And that takes you to a page with two posts. The second one has a photo of a screaming, screaming man called Your Negative Reactions, Golden Opportunities for Clearing and Awakening, and it will give you that tool. And, you know, it's not important to me whether you use my technique or not, just... Um, Use an effective tool, one that when you use it, it actually does permanently clear that layer of emotional baggage, and it doesn't come back just the same. There may be similar layers you keep digging through, but if you've got an effective tool, um, as the same theme repeats, it should feel less and less triggering until finally it just stops showing up entirely. So I would suggest that uh, with Pluto Square Your Moon, definitely have a good shadow work tool available for when you do get triggered. And lastly, uh, a more subtle interpretation, the moon is in the third house, and therefore Pluto is triggering third house theme. So if you're excited to learn about something or share information of some kind, that is also uh, supported by this Pluto-Mars transit. Again, Pluto being the stage setter, uh, will be there for several years. Mars uh, pretty much hanging out through the end of the first week of May and being the temporary trigger of what Pluto has already set up. So, Diana... Uh, I hope this has been helpful. I appreciate you sending me your chart. And Diana, you do remain eligible to win a free session with me at the beginning of every month, as does everyone who's ever sent in their natal data. So this ends our part one chart. Thanks again, Diana, for letting me interpret for you. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. It can reveal a wealth of information about your soul purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart, when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer, can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro Shaman. We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. 
We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this episode of This Week in Astrology. As a reminder again, I've got the special running through the end of April. Uh, readings almost 40% off. And we've also got the uh, big event, the virtual shamanic breakthrough experience on the 5th of May. So check those out on the homepage of astroshaman.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy This Week in Astrology, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to my Facebook page where I post my forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us stay the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index. The overview begins at 1 minute 21 seconds. April 17th, 151. The 18th, 546. The 19th, 732. The 22nd, 754. The 24th, 1139. The 26th, 1220. The 27th, 1401. The 29th, 1522. Next week's highlights. Next show's highlights, 1952. Announcements, 2123. And our listener chart, 2421. Thanks so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.